0: Welcome to Rock Shop Talk, your official podcast, Rock US, available where you get your podcasts and broadcasts live on Zoom each week, designed to empower you and the greatest screen printing professional you can be.
1: For details, please visit rock.us Rock Rock Shop Talk. President and General Manager Ross Hunter and guests will uh, discuss all things screen printing and ideas to help you press
2: onward. Best practices, silly anecdotes, and the latest on cutting edge technology in the field. Today's episode features the topic of digital and the future of screen printing, and we're joined by our special guests, myself, Joshua Foster, and Casey Bryan, my wife of Aspen and Company, and Rob Welch and Bobby Penico of Rock US.
3: All right, welcome back. Today we are going to be talking about digital printing. Again, we're joined by Josh and Casey Vaspen and Company, Bobby Panico of Green Galaxy and Rock US, Rob Welch of Rock US, and our very own Meryl Caps from Rock US. Hello. We will be taking you guys through the current state of of our industry, what digital means right now, especially during this pandemic. We've seen a lot of changes. We're going to talk to. Josh and Casey about their business and what they've experienced over the last few months, as well as go into some things that, you know, people need to think about before they're getting into digital technology, digital printing. Um, I know we've got a pretty large screen printing audience, but digital is definitely something on, you know, the forefront and definitely on people's minds, especially right now with the the web to print market, you know, really taking off um, in, into hyperdrive. I mean, I'm going to use your intro word for that, but... Uh, it truly is happening. So I kind of wanted to get started and um, turn this over to Josh and Casey to kind of explain a little bit about their business, what they do, and then why rock? What brought you guys here? And that was a lot of questions, but let's let's just start with, with you guys' business. Um, give everyone uh, your website and, and what you're all about and where those roots came from.
4: Um, we have, it's like baby clothing, clothing for families, grandma's, grandpa's, just like family-based clothing and hats and stuff. Um, after our daughter was born, we had to un-T shirts and stuff before on Etsy and then it stopped. And then once Aspen was born, I decided to like start a baby clothing shop. It just started with baby clothes and then we ended up growing towards like for moms and dads, all types of family teas. But, um, yeah, we just do basically orders that are made once they're ordered. Um, so it's all
3: cu- all custom basically. Yeah. So people get on. Your website's AspenandCompany.com. Is that correct? Aspen-Company.com. Aspen-Company.com. So people get on. I know I actually got on. I ordered a, a shirt for my son, Asher. Um, he loves dinosaurs and basically the user experience, you know, we got on. We found a garment that we liked that had it. I think you guys separate them by backgrounds. Is that correct? So sort of like what you can create out of a certain type of like canned design. So we got on and uh, we found the dinosaur shirts and, you know, we wanted to customize it with his name. It was really simple process. Just typed in his name. Um, It previewed, you know, what everything's going to look like. And then what do you guys do do with it from there? So someone places an order what's the process flow of that order coming in and you guys printing and what were you using and currently still using until we get you set up with your rock now to kind of get that order fulfilled and out. No.
4: Um, So once our orders come in, we end up, we have so many different methods right now. We have screen print transfers. Then we have our Epson F2000 and F2100 that prints all of our custom stuff. So we have a transfer stack and a print stack. All the print stack stuff goes to a person on the computer that has to make the custom TIFFs for each order. Yeah.
2: That's me. That's yeah. you. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> yeah, if he has time or someone else. <laughs> but, um, he gets done. And then those go to our DTG um, workers and then they print the customs and then we have transfer people that print our transfers we okay, have like a hat section, and then it just all comes together and gets shipped at the end.
3: Nice. And how many orders are you guys outputting on an average day right now? How many are we getting ordered, or how many are we shipping? Well, let's let's go with both. <laughs> I know you're very busy, so I'm sure what you're getting
2: ordered is higher than what's going out the door. No. <laughs> well, uh, it's kind of flip flopped a little. Yeah. We've added more people, but uh, we're getting can be anywhere between 400 and 600 orders a day. Wow, and, and if we have a good day of shipping we can get out a 1, thousand twelve hundred yeah. packages so we're catching up but also not because of the weekends you know everything else happening um awesome you guys have been doing that then on the two two machines plus yeah. having transfers yeah That's and then lot. we have work. we have an eight head brood in that we make three four hundred hats a day with and stuff so Nice. Do you guys sleep? No. <laughs> that's awesome. So
3: what brought you guys to us? Like what sparked, you know, the conversation of, you know, obviously you've grown substantially, you're very busy and
2: you're needing a new solution. So what what brought you here? So back in November, um, I saw a YouTube video of The Rock Now. And then I was like, oh, well, fuck, that's unattainable. <laughs> you know, if, if only type shit. And then, um, I guess January, would we started ramping up with more marketing and more stuff like that. So we were falling behind and it was only three of us. And I was like, fuck again. So then I went back to YouTube, watched it again. I can cuss whatever I want. And, um, Watched another, watched the YouTube video again and like, Casey, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, it must
4: be nice. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And then we made an inquiry with Ryanette, I think, but I don't know if I heard back immediately or if it just got lost in the slew of emails that I never saw back. And then I saw it again on Facebook in a group and then I was like, okay, well, it's it's time. So contacted again, and then started talking, and then started talking to Rob and Bobby, and then Bobby was like, "Nah, you don't need it," and Rob was like, "Yeah, you do." And now they're like, "Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, now you definitely do." Okay, but um yeah, and here we are.
1: Did, but, I, did I tell you you don't need it? I don't remember
2: that. <laughs> yeah. What
3: attracted you guys to, to to that specific solution? Obviously, there's a lot, you know out there what what about the rock now kind of made um, sense in your business model
2: 50,000 designs yeah the custom nature full color and custom natures mm-hmm. and not just printing out one shirt on a screen printing press a thousand an hour slaving away because our art is what is selling. It's not necessarily our garments. Don't so get me wrong, our garments are nice and they're the highest quality that we can really get, but it's our artwork and her artwork mostly. My hat stuff, but mostly her artwork and that's what's selling. It's not, it's not the $5 onesie that anyone can get. It's what she's putting on it. So that just unleashes her to put you know thousands upon thousands of shit in the next five years. Bunch of stuff. We haven't even
4: been able to come out with new designs just because we can't handle it right now.
2: We haven't come out with anything new, but once in the last two and a half months, probably
4: yeah, just a couple things, maybe like ten new things.
3: Yeah, I will speak on the quality too uh, of the garments that you're talking about. I think my son's worn his shirt at least once a week, and we've washed it obviously multiple times. It never shrunk It, it. It really you know held true, and they're super comfy. So. You know, kudos to you guys on doing that research and, and getting good garments in because that definitely is is what creates those reoccurring clients and and actually makes the digital print, you know, better. I mean, the better the garment you use with digital, the better it seems to turn out. Bobby, can you kind of speak a little bit to garment selection, digital printing, especially for, for our web to print folks that are listening out there? You know, I know that there's a lot of correlation between that quality, how, you know, pre-treat reacts, how the inks react to the garment. Um, can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the you hit the nail on the head, the better the quality of the garment, the, the better the weave, the less fibers that are sticking up, the better the overall print is going. to We have a process of, of pre-treating and then flattening the, fiber, the fibers down with the heat presses. Now, that obviously helps and gets the quality, pretty pretty good on everything but of course you know like you said the better the initial quality of the garment the better the final output is going to be of the print
3: and is there a difference in like ring spun versus standard cotton I mean is there like a recommendation when you're doing digital on what type of fabric you should be looking for in terms of the way that it's sewn um well um you know, not
1: ring spun versus open end It's more about the the uh, quality of the of the finish on it. If there's hair sticking up or not, and how open or closed the weave is, to how the final product is going to look and and behave with the print.
3: Awesome. And Josh and Casey, have you guys found specific brands that definitely are like go to for digital, and you know maybe some that i don't want to call out brands not being digitally friendly but i mean do you guys have specific brands that you definitely go to
1: yes
4: we use um royal apparel i think they're based in la
2: mm, and then new york
4: oh yeah new york whoops um and then a lot of their stuff is organic cotton 100 percent cotton so that seems to print very well and then the um there's normally like if If anyone's printing on onesies, there are different types of onesies. There's a more expensive fine jersey onesie that doesn't have the laps. And those, the weave in those, like he was just, Bobby was just talking about, is closer. So those do print better, even though they're a little more expensive. Way better. So, like, they don't crack as easy because the the weaves aren't as close. So, if you pull on it and stuff, those onesies seem to crack more. And then Uh, the rural apparel onesies print 100 times better than like normal rabbit skins onesies. Gotcha. Really?
3: So, yeah, I mean, definitely a key takeaway, you know, for folks that are listening that, you know, when you get into this, there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of things that make a difference in that quality. It's not just the machine, but it's the chemistry. It's the garment that, that you're going on, et cetera. So awesome. So, you know, you guys just got all this new equipment. You are obviously investing heavily in your future, and you just got your new space. And, you know, what we really wanted to understand is, what is the goal? So if you're to look at Aspen & Company five years from now, you know, beyond just a dollar figure of, you know, as we all know, we want to be multimillionaires. I mean, that's, that's always, right, the goal, I guess, yeah. for some people, but you know, a billion. Yeah. Um, but what, what is your goal? Where do you want to see this company go? What does the future look like? Is it an expansion on what you're currently doing? Are you guys looking at other markets? Are you looking at expanding in different places?
4: We really want to expand into our own manufacturing. That's I think our next step.
3: So your goal is to take it vertical then so you guys would be manufacturing your garments yep. printing them
2: shipping them so basically a full vertical like um, factory blank blanks as well
4: yeah blank baby two, clothes two
2: small shops that like us um i mean i also want to sleep in five years that would be good <laughs> sleep baby. is important absolutely no more <laughs> years. No right. yes. as part of the grind
3: i remember when i opened my business uh my first business what 12, 13 years ago now, I'd say the first five years I had a couch set up um, in my shop. And there were plenty of 23 hour days and and sleep when you can make it happen. Hopefully this piece of equipment that you guys got, and the fact that you added some team members, it sounds like to really help your operations will, will speed you up, get production out and then allow you guys to work more, you know, on your business instead of in it. You know, we talk about, that phrase a lot, um, especially in this industry, it's, it's so common for, for folks to work, you know, really in their business for a really long time and sometimes forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, automation and, and obviously hiring and, and working on your operations, such an important thing to be able to work on it. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, um, we are going to take this moment and go to a quick commercial break and we will be right back. When it comes to your business, time is a luxury we simply cannot afford. Your clients and customers won't want to hear that you're backed up with a mountain of orders that will bring them a delay. But with The Rock Now, time is a luxury you'll soon discover you'll have a quite bit more of. The groundbreaking inline process takes your garment from pre-treatment to final finishing in one touch, taking DTG printing to a whole new playing field. Unmatched in the industry, the now takes a tedious five station process and reduces it into one simple and time saving step. If you're in need of being capable of printing 100 to 200 unique prints per hour, your time is now. Welcome back to Rock Shop Talk, your one stop rock shop where we discuss all things screen printing. Today we're joined by our special guests, Josh and Casey of Aspen and Company. Bobby Panico of Green Galaxy and Rock US, Rob Welch of Rock US, and we are talking to you about digital printing and all things digital, actually. So I kind of want to get started back in, you know, with the relationship piece real quick and go to Rob and just, you know, tell us about this whole journey, you know, that you took Josh and Casey on and, and what that meant to you. I mean, this was a pretty you know, big deal for them, obviously, you know, getting into this equipment, and you and I had talked a little bit about, you know, kind of this sort of emotional experience, you know, that you've had just being involved in, in you know, a part of getting them to, you know, where they're trying to go. So can you speak to, to the audience a little bit about that experience?
0: Absolutely. So, um, you know, Josh and Casey had, you know, put out feelers to us back in january um just wanted to get some information i had reached out like i don't know two or three times and never never got a hold of them sent some emails i was just like you know I, I literally was sending an email saying you know uh, if you ever need anything you have know, any questions like i'm super happy to help you you know i understand things are busy you know just give me a call whenever you feel like it and Josh responded immediately and was like, oh man, I've been so busy. I've got like 15 minutes right now. And so I was like, awesome, let's do this. So we jump on a phone call, you know, we're talking a little bit, you know, it was real like just equipment. Like, you know, what does this do? What can this do? What does this cost? You know, it was real um, uh, sterile, like as far as like a conversation goes. <laughs> I'm sure Josh is loving hearing that right now. <laughs> well, hold on, so it gets, so it gets even better. So, like, at, so after that phone call, I go to the grocery store and I get a Facebook friend request from Josh. I pull up my phone. I'm like, Oh, cool. I Send him a little Facebook message. Oh, hey there, buddy. And from that moment on, which was probably what, five weeks ago, maybe six, I don't know. Um, From that moment on, we have spoken every day. Sometimes it's for 20 minutes. Sometimes it's for three hours. And really just got to know each other on like a super personal level that it was just, it was just amazing. And like, I just felt like a kinship and like a brotherhood. And as I'm kind of going through and then do the professional side of things and building out a proposal and like doing all this time and like, you know, trying to help him in every way I can, because they're so busy. They, you know, they're trying to find a warehouse and they're trying to do all these things. It's just like way overwhelming. So I'm like helping in every way I possibly can. I put this proposal together and as I'm giving it to them and saying, you know, here, this is what I've you know, built out. This is my vision for your guys' business. Um, I legitimately got choked up um, at the end of it because I, I, I realized that what, what we were doing was we were setting up a path that would have a future where, and I said it in the, at the end of the call, that, you know, Casey and Josh and Aspen are on vacation somewhere. You know, I imagine Aspen to be like 11, 12 years old. Ooh. They're on a beach. And at that moment, you know, they're like, hey, we want to show you this video. And you know, she's in this in this future, she's grown up in this world, in this industry, mom and dad of a good business. You know, just what it is. You know, they just she doesn't know any different. And then show this video of like, them slaving away, you know, in a, in a you know, uh, in a firehouse and then getting into a warehouse and getting equipment built. And then this whole like documentary of like the whole building of the business. And then she realizes how hard her mom and dad worked to give her the life that she has right now. And that like, she starts crying and everyone starts crying. And it's this big emotional <laughs> moment. And like, and that's what really was for me was like, we're, we're helping them get to that, that moment. And everything in between here and there is just that journey. And so it, it meant the world to me. And then after that, it's just been nonstop. I mean, so literally Josh and I will, will talk for like an hour at the end of his day when he's like wrapping things up and just like waiting to like leave the shop about everything and anything. And really cool. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a partnership. And I know that's that'll make that'll make Josh laugh. Um, but well, really jo-
3: Josh has given me flack over my own my own uh, word when we were on the phone, and I I remember it was the first time I had met you guys, and I, I definitely used the word customer maybe two or three times, and you know Josh had done his homework and was like, I'm pretty sure I'm a partner, Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. No, good. No, it was good. It's good, All and right. it's it's cool. You know, I've been in this industry for for a lot of years now and and been able to be a part of, you know, a lot of what Rob's talking about right now, which is, you know, really what excites us about what we do every day, which is being a part of other people's business journey. Not, you know, it's not just the equipment. It's, you know, we like to tout that. Yeah, we have great equipment and I, I, we do have great equipment. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's a tool you guys are going to use that to better your lives. And we get to be a part of that, that journey with you. And and that's what's, you know, super fun about what we get to do. So it's really cool, Rob, that you guys were able to have, you know, that experience. And that experience will probably turn into a lifelong, you know, friendship. And um, that's, that's awesome. So very cool story. Um, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit, you know, and, and I'll get a few people's opinions on this. But you know, as we all know, you know, we've been going through this pandemic, you know, worldwide for the last few months and stay at home orders. And, you know, a lot of businesses out there, you know, having rougher times than others. Some people are, you know, pivoting and, and or maybe already in an industry that's, you know, become wildly successful. We all know grocery stores like hit the lottery when this happened, right? I mean, just happenstance, but um, you know, I just want to get some opinions. I'll start with Bobby. How do you feel like this pandemic has specifically affected the screen printing market and this kind of pivot to digital? Like, what what is what have you seen there? What does that look like?
1: Well, uh, I think the screen printing market had the opposite of what grocery stores saw in that in that uh, you know screen printing is uh, uh, in the U.S. and uh, in Canada, Uh, a lot of it is is event based and concert. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, promotional wear. Well, when this hit, people stopped promoting. Uh, there were no events. There's no runs. There's no concerts. There's no. So, a lot of that, you know, all of that work disappeared. So we saw a lot of the screen printing customers uh, having some real hard times with, uh, with, with the situation. And aside from that, they were told that you know, maybe they're not, maybe they're not essential, and maybe they, they're 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 forced closed down even if they had some orders to do. Um. So, you know, that that that's really, it's been particularly hard for people who are uh, in that sector, in those sectors of, of screen printing. Um, and did you want me to change, switch gears and talk about a little bit about how the digital uh, is? is right, I
3: mean, we, we saw one part of our industry, obviously traditional screen printing kind of changed mm-hmm. where you know, a lot of shops and I know Josh and Casey, you guys have screen printing equipment too. So it's, you know, you've kind of got both. We've seen a change in that part, but, you know, from the digital side, you know, I feel like it's almost been an opposite effect a little bit that, you know, screen printing's definitely, like you said, from the traditional sense, you know, taking a pretty big hit. I mean, we haven't even seen major league sports come back yet. Right. And that's a big part of a lot of people's business. Um, but what have you seen, you know, from the digital market? You know, we work. you specifically work with a ton of people, you know, that are, are, are big in that space. So what's been kind of the difference in that digital space?
1: So, yeah, in, in the screen printing as well, uh, the customers in the screen printing that make orders that end up being sold online versus for events, so direct-to-consumer business, It's doing well. So in the screen printing side that, you know, again, that's not really the main way of doing that. It's more so in the digital. So digital we saw our customers are seeing numbers that they only see really around Christmas time. So it took an industry that was already booming because, you know, I think last year I I read somewhere that 51% of retail purchases for for, uh, a holiday season were done online. Uh, So as more and more people become comfortable purchasing online, uh, you know, I remember ten years ago it was like, do I really want to put my credit card in on this right. computer? Right and now, it's like I put your credit card in stuff right tomorrow. You know, it's it's more convenient to buy online than it is to go to the store and get something. And as that convenience shifts, as consumer buying pattern shifts, people start obviously buying more online, and that's how how uh, uh, that economy, I mean, that uh, sector of our, our our business has been growing. It's complementary. And I don't think it's taken away from screen printing. What it's doing is it's complementing, it's adding more. And it's maybe if it's taken away from anything, it's taken away from you know the big box retailers. You know that you know right. uh, that those consumer dollars are now being spent by the guy sitting at home ordering that you know interesting design online that you know maybe very few people have that particular design compared to you know you going into Walmart and you buying the same shirt that everybody else has off the shelf. So absolutely. So we're seeing that that's growing, uh, and it took that market that's already growing and supercharged it. So people are now getting the numbers are getting in holiday season. They're getting that during the COVID. Uh, so they're gearing up for double that during the holiday season. So it's it's been really um, you know uh, the the a big boost to to the the numbers that that people who are doing uh, web to print or
3: custom made orders are doing. Absolutely. And I know, you know, Josh and Casey, you guys have, have seen obviously huge pickup um, in the first quarter of this year, you know, through this, this whole pandemic. You know, it's, it's been interesting. And, and I, I personally come from a place where I never bought anything online. I was like always the guy that wanted instant gratification. So if I needed a cable for my iPhone, I would literally go to a Radio Shack and spend five times the amount of money just so I could have it then because I didn't want to wait till the next day to have it. And it's been interesting, you know, to kind of see my, my, the, my buying habits have actually changed. And, you know, oddly, I never thought I would be like randomly scrolling through Facebook you know, and have some sponsored feed. This happened the other day. There was a, a company doing custom T-shirts. I mean, similar to exactly what what Josh and Casey do, and probably similar way to the way you advertise. And I actually clicked on this thing, and I perused their website, and I bought a thirty dollar T-shirt Why while I was do sitting that?
2: there. Call me. <laughs> what
3: the hell? Hey, I I did get a shirt for my son. I got to get one for my wife now too. But, you know, I wonder, you know, if this is going to completely reshape our industry, because I, I have this premonition that a lot of people like myself that, you know, weren't online shoppers have now discovered not only the ease of it, but the custom nature of what you're able to get compared to walking into a a Macy's or a Walmart or J.C. Penney or whatever the case may be, right? And, you know, if that mentality shifts in the United States and, and Canada and the world as we know it, you know, retail is going to change and thus change our industry because we are the ones out there, you know, you, Josh and Casey specifically, right, that are spearheading, this movement by getting the the capacity, getting the equipment, getting everything in place, you know, for for a very possible future where we see more online buying than we've ever seen, and it continues to stick. I mean, I know a lot of folks I've talked to that have bought their groceries online, and, and maybe some of you guys have done this as well. That's the only place I haven't done it yet. You know, they've told me, I will never go back to the grocery store again. You know, it's not that the grocery store is going to go out of business or the grocery store is going to change. It's just the way that people
2: are purchasing, you know, is is changing. Amazon has made the giant push of, you know, people being okay with ordering online. I mean, they're massive. And then you... You get Amazon doing it first, more or less, but doing it first and the scale that they're doing it and the growth that they're doing it and investing everything they have every year into themselves and doing it more. And then you have people like Walmart, which I think they have the most employees of any company in the United States or the world or whatever. But then they see Amazon doing it and they're like, holy shit, we need to do this. And now we need to get the groceries to their door because we need to beat Amazon before they start opening grocery stores. So I'm saying it's becoming super accepted with their you know, 50,000 sales per four seconds on Amazon. So I'm saying it's becoming a worldwide, you know, exciting patterns.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just interesting to see what that'll end up doing for an industry, right? It's like, you know, as the consumer uh, changes, go ahead, Bobby.
1: No, I was going to say for us, what I see is, uh, uh, again, not hurting screen printing. I think screen printing is going to be the same because you're still, you know, going to do your events and all that in a screen printing fashion. Um, you know, that may, you know, obviously become more automated and, and there's going to be some changes there in technology. Uh, but, uh, it, it, again, on the retail level, it's going to change. And, uh, you know, we saw, I think last year I saw, um, an article, I read an article about, um, it wasn't Zara. I was, uh, the other big, uh, uh, European um, big box retailer—I forgot their name now. It's not the tip of my tongue. Um, they ended up stuck with six billion dollars, billion dollars of unsold uh, uh, styles and inventory. Uh, so you know what, what I see is it's going to bring local on-demand retail shopping, retail producing, back to United States and Canada and and, and back to Europe again. So people are making what they need to sell. And the technology to do that is digital.
3: Absolutely. So um, how do you guys feel that digital is most effectively used in our industry? I mean, is it is it really solely for the web to print market? You know, Josh and Casey, have you guys used your digital technology in other ways? And Bobby, I know you've been in a lot of different places. So for those of, of the listeners here that aren't, Necessarily in the web to consumer market, you know, where else are these digital machines used, you know, to offset screen printing?
2: I mean, anything, if you don't feel like loading 10 color jobs, I mean, or even six color jobs, or even a two color job, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you can make 300 shirts an hour with clicking start. And you have to do nothing else and, you know, say you're not a guy that's making 10,000 shirts at a time. Well, sure, if you are, go ahead, buy an eco, get out of here. But if you're doing smaller jobs of a couple hundred shirts, why even burn a screen ever again in your life? Right. So like customers like a restaurant or something that comes in and wants, you know, 100 it, shirts with 12 take, colors on it. You can take anything at that point. You don't. Know, you don't have to deny the 24 shirt guy because you want to charge him $28. Well, instead you can charge him 16 and, you know, make his 24 shirts in 15 minutes. Absolutely. So, and I mean, a, a follow-up question to that then is
3: it seems like a natural progression for, you know, folks that are screen printing now, um, probably starting in a similar way that you guys did. And you, you started with some tabletop, I think you said Epsons, correct? So, you know, if you're trying to, to retain that work that you're speaking of, you know, someone comes in and wants 12 or 14 shirts or whatever. I mean, that's, that's kind of the game that they get in, right. As you kind of go into a tabletop unit, get started, you know, and then build, you know, a business and expand on that and then upgrade.
2: Yeah. Yep.
3: Awesome. Very cool. Um, what, what do you guys feel is the best place that people could go, to learn about new technology in this industry. So the new digital equipment, I mean, obviously Josh and Casey, you guys did some homework, you know, Bobby, maybe you have an opinion, Rob, maybe you do too. Um, let's start with Josh and Casey. I mean, where where do you guys get
2: your information? where do we get our information like in general of of this yeah just as you're you're
3: you're going through and
2: you're you're trying to learn are you hitting forums or are you hitting you know specific groups within the industry um, to get info facebook groups and you search your question that you're curious up go ahead and then read everything and then read it again and then google and then if you really don't know something and you want to talk to a professional call a tech talk to him spend the money even if you have to um Otherwise, go to Denver Print House and learn something from there, or and then in a couple months come over to our place because we'll have the first one in the United States. So.
3: Well, thanks for opening up your doors. You guys <laughs> heard it first. We are all invited uh, to Aspen and Company. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, Bobby, do you, do you have a place where you would really guide people to go for for new technology?
1: Yeah, I think I think you know it's 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 not any one particular place. It's all of them. Right, uh, you know, this is um, obviously uh, a big decision for people to get it when they're making this type of decision. There's different technologies out there. There's technologies that take multiple steps. There's technologies that are are are, are single step. Right, uh, you just look at everything and uh, you know, listen to the pros and cons. Uh, talk to people. Um,
3: trade shows, of course, uh, is a good place to to see everything side by side. Right. And what's the best um, digital, like, in terms of, like, if you got to pick a show to go to, you know, throughout the year, which one has the biggest digital presence?
1: Um, obviously, it's going to be uh, SGIA. Uh, SGIA is, is a great place to go, and as well as the uh, ISS Long Beach Show.
3: Okay. And just um, so, so our good, listeners good know, SGIA did change their name to Print United. So those of you that are, you know, wanting to Google that show, um, it is yeah, under still, Print United. Uh, I have registered that name change yet. I, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's tough. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I think that shows in October this year. We should be there um, with Rock now. I'm assuming that you know, COVID doesn't you know pop up and, and change our plans. Um, and the, there's a lot of other vendors there as well with different technologies and different machines. So it's a, a definitely great place to go get that information.
0: Yeah, I think YouTube, YouTube is, is a really, really important platform. I think if you're wanting to find out about equipment and you search digital screen printing equipment or anything, um, you know, and you find well-produced, well-shot videos with the right tags and the right title, you know, you're going to find it right away and you're going to be able to experience it. And then when you're looking and you see a video that looks like it was shot, on a grainy, shitty camera and the editing's terrible and the voiceover, and the titles are bad. You're like, yeah, the, the equipment could be amazing. And you'd be like, no, this looks, this doesn't look nice, you know? So and that's specifically for me, and I think like a lot of like the millennial generation, you know, they're gonna go to Google, they're gonna go to YouTube. That's gonna be like the first things that they search on. And having that video content and having it look really professional and have all the information you need, I think is is, critical to to not only just marketing, but finding new and innovative uh, technology.
3: Absolutely. And that's why we have a Merrill Capps here, everyone. Thank you. Robin. Mr. Video Extraordinaire. Well, we're going to take another quick break and we will be right back to talk more digital. As more women enter and lead the screen printing industry, we're thrilled to give credit where credit is due Hashtag Women Rock is all about putting a much overdue and much deserved spotlight on the women who are rocking this industry and are constantly innovating and changing the game for us to learn from and follow. To join the movement with our inclusive group, please search hashtag Women Rock. That's hashtag R O Q on Facebook. To nominate someone for the first ever Women in Screen Printing Awards for which we are proud to sponsor, please visit ScreenWeb.com. Ford slash women print. Welcome back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we discuss all things screen printing. Today we're joined by our special guests, Josh and Casey of Aspen and Company, Bobby Panico of Green Galaxy and Rock US, Mr. Rob Welch of Rock US, and of course our great creative director, Meryl Caps, also with Rock US. Oh. <laughs> Always. And uh, we're here talking to you about uh, digital automation and kind of the landscape of of the digital industry in the current time that we live in. So we'll get diving back in here and, um, you know, I'll direct this question at kind of everyone. So everyone wants to chime in, chime in. But what should our listeners think about before they go digital? Like, what's the business case? What's the problem they're trying to solve? What should they think? you know, think about in their business before they start adding, whether it's a tabletop digital machine to their current screen printing business, or, you know, going into, you know, something larger? What what are, what are
2: some pitfalls, some things that folks need to think about? Well, a big thing is, um, it's not so much make sure that you have the work, it's you have to have equipment to get to do the work. So it's like, um, you know, I bought a Trotec laser and I had a Glowforge before. Well, I didn't need the TroTec laser, but I can't grow the engraving side of our business without it. So what am I going to do? Just keep using the Glowforge forever. So it's it's if you're at that point where you know you want to do something and get better and do more, then you have to invest into yourself. Cause if you don't, then you're just gonna have a single, a single, you know, screen printing one color for the rest of your life. So. Well, and the, and the reason, too, I ask is because, you know, so many times we see people attend a trade
3: show and they have their wallet or their purse and they have money in a bank account and they're walking through these booths and they're like, wow, this is cool. I bet I could make money off of that and they buy it. And we see so many times those machines turn into glorified paperweights. I mean, if you want my honest opinion.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Um,
3: so what what in those moments should people really like dive deep and think about before just going? I mean, it's very Tony Robbins style just to say, you know what, I'm gonna do it <laughs> and, and cross the coals and jump in. But you know, there's this business piece of it that
2: I think people miss sometimes. So what, what should they be thinking about? I mean, if you're doing it to just put in your room and say, Hey, come look at this. Look what I bought. It's nonsense. Um, I mean, they need to have a business plan before they do anything. They need to have a brand awareness. They need to have anything in their mind already rolling with what they want to do before they buy anything. I mean, No, just to to
1: chime in here. I think think you're 100% right. They're going to have a business plan, right? Yeah. they got to know what they want to do. do they, are they um, graphic artists? Do they want to create their own content? Do they want to create a website and sell directly to the consumer themselves? That's one kind of business model. And if you get started, yeah, you know, maybe a great way to do that is with digital. Uh, are they trying to do website fulfillment for somebody else? So then if you're going to do that, then you need to know who that person is that's going to give you the work and, and, and why you're buying the machine in the first place. Um, if it's just a hobby, then it really doesn't matter. You can you buy it, and try it, and play around. And maybe sometimes those turn into businesses for people. Sure. You know, Absolutely. You bought it for a hobby, and then all of a sudden people are starting to throw them work. And they say, well, I mean, the machine I got is really made for doing one shirt at a time. But my customers are now coming to me and asking me for 50 shirts, 100 shirts. Well, maybe I should buy a small screen printing setup. And a lot of times we'll see people set up with a small digital, end up into screen printing, end up at ROG, and then maybe. Turning first, local, and come back into digital again as their business changes, right? So really, depending on what what problem you're trying to solve with the equipment.
3: Right?
2: Absolutely, yeah, I agree. No, no, that
3: that that makes sense. It's just um, it's such an interesting thing because a lot of people, you know, get into one of these industries, whether it's sign making or vinyl or screen printing or digital, and then. You know, a lot of folks right out of the gate, they add in all this complimentary, you know, technology because it makes sense, right? Logically, you think, okay, if I'm wrapping this company's car, they probably need shirts. And so you end up with, you know, three or four, you know, for lack of better terms, businesses under one roof, and you're not proficient (laughs) in any one of them. You're okay at a lot of them. And I, I always find what's interesting is digital is a whole different ballgame. I mean, it, it isn't screen printing. It's, it's a completely different technology. There's more involved. You, you have to have a different artistic mind, a different engineering mind, you know, a different attention to detail um, when, when you're digitally printing. And I think that that's something that a lot of, you know, consumers don't understand is this is a different business. And so to your point, Josh, of a business plan, you know, and and out to our listeners, those of you thinking of diversifying your company, whether it's into digital printing on T-shirts or, you know, adding, you know, vinyl to your business, you really have to understand what you're planning to do with that, who your market is. And then are you, as an individual, if you're still working in your business, going to be the person that's running that, right? Because it is... Different, You know, I'm a great screen printer, but I have an artist's entrepreneurial mind and digital for me, I would probably have to hire someone right that would come in that had a greater attention to detail could sit in front of a computer for, you know, a longer period of time, do artwork in a different way. And I think that that's something that that, that folks just don't think about because it does logically come into well, it's complementary. let's add it. And so I think that's just important to note to the people out there thinking about is really have a plan put together and really understand who you are and whether it's something that you're going to be, you know, able to do and test it first. You know, go somewhere, play with the machine, whether it's at a trade show or another shop um, that you can walk into to see these things going because it it does make a big difference because they're fairly involved. You know, digital started almost like flat screen TVs did, what, 10 years ago, right? I mean, it's it's been around for a while. People have been developing it more. It, it, it definitely is great in a lot of ways, but it's not perfect, you know, when we're thinking 10 years from now today. It's not where it needs to be. Bobby, can you talk a little bit about, like, the advancements that we personally are working on making and that you know are being made industry-wide, you know, from... The technology and the equipment itself, but also the inks, the pretreatments, and sort of like what it works on now, what it doesn't, and what we're working towards as an industry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it, I guess twenty years ago, I remember you know, there was uh, digital was going to take over the industry, and if you're screen printing, you, you better get into digital quickly because you know it, there was this threat, and and everybody jumped out and got these little machines, and they were like you said, they all the paperweights because the technology wasn't there back then, and also how it's sold now. Digital has been booming because it's a marriage between what the technology does very well, uh, and the now how people are shopping online, and how that that helped you know it's the two things that are really coming together that to make are making digital, uh, um, and uh, made to order garments really boom. Um, so, the uh, second part of that question is you know, it's, it, it's the right tool for the, for the right job, right? Sometimes you need a hammer, you don't need a screwdriver, right? So, the digital is made to do that particular job extremely well. Uh, and the majority of that is going to be on cotton t shirts. It doesn't work very well on 100% polyesters that bleed.
3: You can do. And that's that, though, I mean, hands. to cut you off there, that's something that we're working towards, right? And that's more of a. Absolutely. I believe a chemistry issue. So it's it's the inks working correctly with that type of fabric, as well as yeah. as the pre treatment going down the right way.
1: Our our ink partner, which is Dupont, is uh, has been uh, very focused on coming up with a solution for that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's definitely
3: something that uh, is, is being worked on right now. And what, what, I mean, that'll kind of change the future too, right? Because I mean, what'd you say maybe what 40 to 50% of printed garments, if not more, especially in the, you know, athletic world that we work in are printed on poly or poly blends. You know, I know a lot of, you know, big brands, uh, Nike, Adidas, you know, et cetera. I mean, actually probably in their world, 80 or 90% of what they Mm -hmm. make is printed on polyester. So, do you feel like when this, you know, uh, I guess chemistry evolves, that it's going to change this market even more than where we're already at now? Yeah, it's just going to open it up. It's going to open it up to a, a, you know another segment of of, of
1: market. Uh, again, if you're screen printing right now, it's not going to take away everything you're doing, but it's going to open up and take away from those garments being brought in from somewhere overseas. A web-to-print type of application, because those dollars are being spent that way, right? right. Or taking it away from a vinyl application, where they're they're actually cutting out the vinyl, sticking it on individually. I've been to places where they do that for a polyester garment, for a replica jersey, and it's, uh, you know, so it's quite a know such quite tedious amount of work. So it's going to jump in and help, uh, you know, those shirts that are already being sold to be done in a in a in a different way that's that's better and and uh, easier for them to produce.
3: Awesome, so. cool. Well, I wanna kind of wrap this up. I wanna thank uh, Josh and Casey from Aspen for joining us, Bobby Panico all the way from Canada, Green Galaxy and Rock US, Rob Welch, and Merrill Caps here with Rock US. Tell our viewers to you know, visit our website, rock.us, it's ROQ.us. We have the Rock now and all of our digital systems available you know, to, to check out online. We also have a lot of videos up on YouTube and have spent this whole week, you know, really focusing on digital. Um, and it's something that, you know, we're really excited to be, you know, launching out here in the U S um, excited to see the first machine get up and running at, at Josh and Casey's shop. Can't wait to, to visit you guys. And I know Rob really can't wait to visit you guys. Cause I'm, I think Josh promised him like, uh, a ride on the beach in a Bronco or on horses or four wheeler. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, I, I also enjoy those things. So I will uh, come be a I'll part of that in my mind.
2: I appreciate that <laughs> partner. Thank you, partner.
3: Um, so I want to thank our listeners today. Thank all of you for joining us. If you have questions, uh, feel free to reach out to us again at, at rock.us. That's R O Q us. Have a great day and uh, we'll be back with you next week. Uh, We've got a really great topic on diversity within our industry. I'm really excited to bring on a larger panel of folks um, to join us to not only talk about diversity in our industry, but what's going on around America and around the world right now. So really excited. Thank you all again. And uh, from me to you, rock on. on. Press on. Oh. <laughs> Press onward. Press onward. Let's all do it at <laughs> once. One, two, three. Press, Press onward. onward. Wanna give a huge thanks to our special guests, Josh Foster and Casey Bryan of Aspen and Company, and automation solution expert Rob Welch and Solutions Manager Bobby Panico of Rock US for participating today. As always, thank you for spending your time with us this week. Tune in next week or at your convenience on wherever you listen to your podcast by searching Rock Shop Talk. That's R-O-Q, Shop Talk. On our next show, we'll discuss the topic of diversity in the screen printing industry. If you'd like to join the live Zoom hangout or even request to be on the show, please visit rock.us forward slash If you found today's episode helpful, the greatest accolade we could ask for is for you to recommend it to a friend who you think might find it helpful as well. Please like, share, and subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, rockers, press on.